Hi, everyone. This is JJ Hornblast, and welcome to The Buzz from Bank Automation News, where we cover what's happening in automation technology for financial services. This is our weekly wrap for what's going on in the industry on May 7, 2021. Uh, before we get into our discussion, I want to thank Bank Automation News advertisers, Normi and MX, for their support. So thank you to them. And uh, so pleased to be joined by Lorraine Lawson and Jasper Kalra of the Bank Automation News editorial team. Hello to both of you. In general technology news, uh, the New York State Attorney General's office said that fake comments, including 8.5 million of them funded by large US ISPs, accounted for 18, approximately 18 million of the 22 million net neutral comments received by the FCC in two, 2017, that's more than 80% came from this, uh, were from, were fake comments. California regulators uh, have indicate, have told Neobank Chime that they must uh, stop using the words bank and banking in their ads and Chime has agreed to do so. Um, and this uh, news broke uh, yesterday. Um, and finally, Nintendo reported record full year profits uh, for 2000 and uh, the year ending uh, first quarter 2020 of $6.2 billion. And that was up 88% on a year over year basis. They had net sales of 16.1 billion, up 34% on a year-over-year -year basis, and they sold 28.2 million switch units in 2020, up 37.1% year-over-year. I'm not sure whether that includes sales to Jaspreet or Lorraine. In bank automation industry news, the question uh, uh, that we're asking is, can data management itself be automated? And uh, it, we, we broke the, the story recently um, that highlighted the extent to which there are gaps uh, in data and data management in financial services. Um, so let's start with some of the basics. Uh, what are these data gaps? I mean, what are we talking about when we're talking about data gaps? Um, and, um, and then maybe we can start talking about how some entities are trying to alleviate this problem in various ways. Maybe Lorraine, you could kick us off in this discussion. Sure, so I didn't get specifics on what the data gaps are, but they are looking at the company that was doing that was Aerospike, Stuart, Tarmi is the Global Director of Financial Services Industry Solutions, and he said they use uh, AI to fill in data gaps, and they are doing unstructured data. So that might be an address that's incomplete, I'm guessing here, but an address that's incomplete or any kind of uh, demographic data 
that might be associated with unstructured data. Unstructured data is just data that isn't in a table. So think about Word versus, say, Excel. Um, so that would be one way that they're using automation to fill in gaps. Part of what caused us to look into this story is there are a lot of vendors out there who have started to claim that they automate data. And that's that's just not um, that's just not possible. <laughs> so it had caused me to look into the story. And what I found is that, yes, there are ways you can automate the data process, but there really isn't such a thing as automating data fully. You do need data scientists uh, or at least solutions that are designed by data scientists to manage your data. Yes, Pete, what's your sense for what we're talking about here? Like where, what is the, what is sort of the underlying problem uh, that's being addressed? I mean, from a very 30,000 feet view, I'd say that it might be easier to automate data collection now than it would have been 10 years ago because now we generate data much more faster. Like say something as simple as tapping your credit card on a Starbucks counter is a data point. And if your financial provider is so smoothly linked with APIs that they can immediately transmit it to someone, yeah, technically you don't need a human to extract that data, but to fully automate it or just to gather it without any human role at all, I think we're still far off from it, if not like making it completely impossible. But one question I would certainly have there is that what sort of AI do they use to fill in these gaps? Is this like a guessing AI? Is this like a probabilistic AI? Or how, how have they built that system? Well, there are no SQL solutions. So um, I don't know. That's a good question to spread. I would guess that they're using some natural language and, and machine learning aspects there. Um, but that's a good question. And, and I mean, I think the, the other question is like the extent to which this uh, is, I guess, an issue or that maybe even Aerospike is trying to address it. Uh, I mean, do we have a, do you have a sense for, do either of you have a sense for scope or, um, you know, like the degree to which you have um, insufficient or unclean data through, you know, in within financial services broadly? Uh, if I may, so unstructured data is a big issue because they, unstructured data also comes in through something as simple as a chatbot. A person had an interaction with this chatbot, it's a text log. It's not about what they talked about, how long that took. So I read, I read recently that Deutsche Bank has been using Blue Prism's RPA systems to just take that unstructured data, mine it, and put it into tables that can be processed by more say by humans or by a artificial intelligence system that can draw insights from it. But unstructured data by itself sort of is separated from incomplete data. And I think that's what's the interesting thing might be to look in here. Is it just unstructured or is it incomplete? And is the AI helping you complete those gaps or fill in those gaps? Well, if you look at it, banks also have a great deal of unstructured data just in their transactional systems. That is mm -hmm. also unstructured data. So for instance, filling in gaps like where did they shop? You could you can pinpoint from transactional data where someone bought something, but maybe you don't have the complete address. Uh, I, I come back to that example, uh, or you don't have full democratic information on that customer that you might want to fill in. Those would be the sort of things that they specifically mentioned Wayfair, which they called a data science company that that also happens to sell home furniture. They use a lot of transactional data 
with anonymized demographic data to fill in to make recommendations to customers, for, for instance. I also wonder whether you're talking about circumstances where the usage of the data might change. Is it, so in other words, if, if you're saying, Jaspery, uh, for example, you, you mentioned the you know, kind of POS, uh, POS data on, on what, if you want to manipulate, if you want to utilize that data, let's say for underwriting, you know, you're talking about a different, um, it's different segmentation, different, um, it has different implications as, as compared to kind of at the POS uh, level. It, is, is that also where you've got, you, you've, you've got the need for, you know, significant um, either refinement, cleansing, it, Lorraine, to use the word that, uh, that you used uh, in your piece? I mean, yeah. So one thing that even I have noticed across conversations with AI developers is that a lot of the work that data scientists or the people who are building the system do is just cleaning the data, making sure it is in the format that can be used by the algorithm and also making sure that it doesn't get wrongly influenced by extreme values that could give you skewed results. So it's a lot of constant checking while at the same time making sure that what's being fed in goes in a way that is that produces the result you want the machine to produce or at least moves in the direction of producing the result you want to produce. So processing for sure is going to be a big chunk of the pie when it comes to automating these processes and especially data processing and how much automated that can be also comes with a risk extension of whether you can't be completely hands-free because if you're completely hands-free, the machine is making those decisions on its own and there is a need for checks and balances in there. Lorraine, do you, did you get a sense for like what's driving? I mean, I guess Jess Breed is kind of explaining or uh, indicating why there might be a need for this automation of data, but with it, was there any were there any other factors that came into that seem to be at play that is kind of leading to these initiatives? Well, I think you have to look at what the data is being used for, and we are trying to use more data for AI. So we're kind of talking about that kind of uh, use case more than say just oh I want to know how much my customers spend that maybe you could find out in a traditional system. So I think, you know, AI is a factor and I think just capability to automate more. And also, you know, for smaller banks, they don't have the staff to uh, fully staff a data management team or at least not one with data scientists. So they're interested in solutions that can offer them sort of that same functionality as bigger banks are getting with their data scientist team. And sometimes it is possible to get certain use cases down where the, a data scientist team has already, this is what you see vendors really offering, sort of data, their data science team has sort of worked on a model and it will provide this one functionality for you because they've already trained the model. She gave an example of like photos uh, where a vendor had offered a solution where they have trained the model to look for fingers in photos. So that's like 30% of photos, it turns out. So you can use that. You don't have, dump in the data, you dump in your photos and it will sort those out for you. You don't have to train that model. Um, so that's the kind of thing we'll see vendors offering is, is very specific use cases where they've already trained the model and applied AI uh, to it rather than 
sort of a situation where you could automate it and tell it to do what you want it to do and it would automatically do it. I would, I would, I would expect that with time, uh, the degree that models are trained will have a correlation to their price uh, from vendors in the market. You know, that's, I think you're, you know, maybe, and I, I'm not quite sure, I, I, I'm not quite sure how you measure that in order to price it, but it would, it would, you know, what you're saying, Lorraine, would imply that the more trained is the model, most likely the higher the price uh, should be. And I don't know that we've seen that where you've got, you know, sort of different varying price points based on a degree of training, or have we? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Something we could look into next week, I'm sure. What else are we looking into next week? Uh, so for next week, or like this week, plus next week, uh, we have something on what sort of AI hiring trends the big banks have been following with respect to how many positions they have open, what sort of verticals they want to use things in. And also, it's not just big banks, it's also retailers like the Home Depot, even agriculture manufacturing company John Deere is now looking to expand its AI operations in sales, marketing, and business insights. So the field is growing competitive while the use cases are growing. So that's a trend that we're going to be monitoring. And the other story that I'm looking into is that there's been a recent rise in ransomware attacks across organizations. And we're looking to see if banks and credit unions have been at the receiving end of that as well. Great. Uh, thank you to both of you uh, for uh, your time and insights. And thank you to all of you for, for joining us for this episode of The Buzz. We look forward to seeing you next time. Please follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn and uh, visit us at bankautomationnews.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks.